Well, hello and welcome to a special holiday episode of Muslims Want to Know, the show where I try to answer the questions you have about the Bible and Christianity. I'm your host, Rev. Eric Mason. We will skip our usual business for today and get right into our question. But before we start our time together, let me open with a brief prayer. God, Open the eyes of our hearts that we may hear your words and understand and do your will, for we are sojourners upon the earth. Do not hide your commandments from us, but open our eyes that we may perceive the wonders of your law. Speak to us the hidden and secret things of your wisdom. Enlighten our minds and understanding with the light of your knowledge, not just to cherish those things written, but to seek after you by doing them. Amen. Well, it's no coincidence that this episode is dropping on Sunday, April 17th, as today is the day Christians all over the world are celebrating Easter Sunday. And that brings us to our question for today. What is Easter? Now, I've already answered that last year, so this year is the 2022 edition of answering that question. Now, if you remember... Easter is the joyful celebration of Lord Jesus' resurrection, and the resurrection is the reuniting and metaphysical regeneration of the body and soul of Lord Jesus by, through, and with his godly nature. This reunion and regeneration results in Lord Jesus undergoing a permanent glorification. His body and soul are now no longer subject to corruption. The crucifixion and subsequent resurrection of Lord Jesus results in the undoing of sin and death, which gives all who sincerely believe in him assurance of the forgiveness of our sins, assurance of our salvation, and hope that one day we will receive incorruptible, glorified bodies and be with God for all eternity. A typical Easter Sunday is marked by joyful music, reading through one of the resurrection accounts, and the incorporation of new believers into the church. After the church service, Christians usually gather with family and friends over a celebratory meal. In fact, after our church service this morning, my wife and I are heading over to our friend's home to celebrate Easter with food and fellowship. Last Easter, we read through the resurrection account of John. And for our brief time together today, I'd like to read through the account of Matthew, after which I will share some final thoughts. Matthew, chapters 27, verse 62, through chapter 28, verse 15. The next day, after the crucifixion, which followed the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that while this deceiver was still alive, he said, After three days I will rise again. So give orders that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come, steal him, and tell the people 
He has been raised from the dead. And the last deception will be worse than the first. Take guards, Pilate told them. Go and make it as secure as you know how. They went and secured the tomb by setting a seal on the stone and placing the guards. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then, Go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So, departing quickly from the tomb, with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, Say this, His disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. If this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. They took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. I love each of the accounts of the resurrection because each one gives us unique details about what happened that first Easter Sunday. This account from the Gospel of Matthew starts off the day between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, a day known as Holy Saturday. On Holy Saturday, the institutions of religion and state came together and devised a plan that would prevent anything from happening to Lord Jesus' entombed body. Matthew recounts how the religious leaders came to Pontius Pilate and requested the tomb be secured and sealed by the Roman soldiers. That meant that anyone attempting to break into the tomb would have to deal with a band of professional soldiers. And sealing the tomb also meant that anyone attempting to break the seal would be executed for tampering with it. Matthew's account of the first Easter Sunday is interesting for a number of reasons. But one of the main aspects I find fascinating is how we are given a glimpse 
into how the institutions of religion and the state, as well as Lord Jesus' disciples, wrestled with the overwhelming miracle of the resurrection. The institutions of religion and state had to grapple with the ramifications of their failure in light of the clear activity of God. At the trembling of the earthquake, the breaking of the seal, rolling away of the stone, and sight of the powerful angel, the Roman soldiers fell as though dead. They were not prepared to encounter a glorious angel. And the religious leaders were the key people who could have correctly interpreted the miracle to the soldiers and the state. But upon sharing with the religious leaders what had happened, those leaders chose to bury the miracle by paying off the soldiers. They chose to cover up the activity of God in the resurrection. Now, wrestling with the miracle of the resurrection was not just confined to the religious leaders and the state. Even Lord Jesus' followers wrestled with the activity of God at Easter. Matthew recounts that the women who followed Lord Jesus arrived at the tomb and were immediately confronted by a bewildering scene. The Roman soldiers lay as though dead. The stone in front of the tomb had been rolled away, and a glorious angel sat on top of it, announcing the news that Lord Jesus was risen. In amazement, joy, and fear, they ran to share this news, only to then encounter the risen Lord on the way. On that first Easter morning, the institutions of religion and state, as well as Lord Jesus' followers, had to come to terms with the miraculous activity of God and what the resurrection meant for humanity. And ever since Lord Jesus' resurrection, the world has been confronted by Easter. Both doubters and the faithful have one thing in common. They must also wrestle with a stone that was rolled away, an empty tomb, an angel, and the resurrected Christ. Some choose to discard the empty tomb by means of chalking up the events to historical hearsay or clever tricks played on an uneducated audience, and yet others claim that the death and resurrection never occurred at all. Others seek out the truth of the situation and find themselves confronted not just with the empty tomb, but what Lord Jesus saves us from, sin, death, and eternal separation from God. And these are the people, the seekers, who are then confronted by a choice. They can either place their faith in the death and resurrection of Lord Jesus, or they can reject his lordship over their lives. To the faithful family of God, Easter is a time to wrestle with the already not yet of history. Already, Lord Jesus has taken on the sins of the world. He truly died, his soul separated from his body. But three days later, Lord Jesus was resurrected, 
forever reuniting and glorifying his body and soul with, by, and through the power of the triune God. This was done so that we all might live eternally with God the Father after death. Today, even the faithful family of God wrestle with the empty tomb. But rather than questioning the event itself, Christians are left to wrestle with our own mortality in light of the promise of eternal life and the resurrection of all things. Although our faith in Lord Jesus gives us assurance of the forgiveness of our sins and assurance of our salvation, we still wrestle with sickness and death. But belief in Lord Jesus means believing in God, a God who identifies with death because he himself took on flesh so that he could offer himself on our behalf. As the beautiful early Christian hymn states in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining me. I hope and pray that as you continue to seek God, you ask for visions and clarity on all these Christian claims. And if you want some good resources for further study, I encourage you to take a look at the Gospel According to Matthew by Leon Morris. And as always, I recommend the CSB Study Bible, which is the Bible translation I use. And if you don't have a Bible, I recommend downloading the YouVersion app and selecting the CSB version from the list of translations. That's YouVersion, as in Y-O-U version. And that sound means it's about time to wrap up. If you like this podcast... Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all new episodes. Also, would you take a minute and review this podcast? The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for folks like yourself. And as always, if you have specific questions about what you heard on the show, or want me to elaborate a bit more on a point I made, you can submit questions by emailing me at revericjmason at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this podcast, feel free to email me once again at revericjmason at gmail.com. I'd love to share with you how you can financially partner with this project. I also encourage you to reach out to a Christian friend or coworker and ask them about the things you hear on this podcast. If you hear something about Islam you didn't know before, research it or ask your Muslim friends or imam about it. Well, from my recording studio in the Little India neighborhood in Chicago, Illinois, to wherever you're listening, I want to say thank you so much for continuing our conversation. Thank you, and God bless. Mm-hmm.